Check. Mic check. One, two. Yo, is this thing on or what? What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Platform Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dex. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you go hit that subscribe button. Leave some comments. Let us know if you have any questions for the guest. Let me know who you want to see on these next couple shows. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us that five-star review. And today, we're going to be sitting down with a Milwaukee DJ, guy that I've known for many, many years now, uh, somebody that's DJing all over the city here, playing from Milwaukee to Chicago to internationally as well, too, now. And uh, an upcoming artist now, too, getting into couple things more musically outside of dj and we're sitting down with bg good bg how's it going man what's going on man thanks for having me absolutely man welcome uh thank you for for stopping in here brothers letting us it's the brothers takeover like this yeah. is like the perfect fit for it come on look at the giant milwaukee sign it's what, awesome man where it's else a, would we would we be recording this it's a perfect spot for this i'm glad that gavin was able to kind of let us take over this for the week hell yeah, hell yeah. Me too. um sit down with a couple of guys that I haven't seen a little bit. I've seen you more recently than, than some of the other guys. Cause yes, you were sir. just out in Nashville. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. How's everything been, man? Everything's been good. Everything's been good, man. Busy. Just, um, you know, just always on edge, just figuring out the next moves and stuff like yeah. that. You know, you know how it is. So, but it's been good. Can't complain. You know, um, we're, you know, at the, we're recording this right before new year's. So we're obviously getting ready to, for all the fun new year's programming and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, can't complain. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get into a couple things for you. Um, obviously, like I just touched on, you getting into a little bit more of the, the artist realm of things, um, putting some new songs out like you just had Cold Outside just released. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, obviously, the DJing aspect of things you've always been into. You do have your own event company, too, uh, that would kind of want to separate yourself from like a DJ and then from your event company, too. So we can kind of talk about how you how you navigate that um, to put more of the promo on yourself as a DJ and now as an artist. And then uh, some of these goals that you have coming up to 2024 of what you're looking to do. And uh, yeah, we can kind of dive right into it. Let's so, jump into it. I'm yeah. excited. Let's do it. So for you, I mean, let these uh, let the viewers know, let the listeners know of just a little bit of background for you, how long you've been in the industry, how long you've been DJing, and then uh, how long you've been here in Milwaukee. Yeah. So um I've been in the industry, so the industry now, I believe, I want to say six years, maybe almost seven, which is actually crazy to think about, because yeah. wow, like time flies. But yeah, that's that's where I started. I kind of started like the traditional college party route, um, had zero intentions of being a DJ at all, um, did it completely for fun, and then like one thing led to another, and here I am today. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I don't know, come from like a Russian family, like Jewish Russian family, like immigrant family background. So um, I took like a way unorthodox route, um, you know, so uh, it's, it's been fun. It's been successful and, you know, uh, learning a whole bunch and every single day. So um, yeah, can't complain. It's, that's basically the little uh, elevator pitch there. Yeah. 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 I mean, you've been out playing everywhere in Milwaukee from Gillies uh, to Trinity, Harp, all the all, all the main the, all hot the fun spots, spots, yeah. RWB everywhere. Um, now, like you said, it's we're we're right before the New Year's here. I was just kind of asking you before. I'm like, oh, where are you playing at New Year's? Yeah, um, you're actually gonna be out in Mexico. Yeah, out in Mexico for New Year's Eve, which is gonna be super cool. Um, I just figured let's, let's rip off the bandaid and do something different for New Year's. You know, um, so yeah, flying out tomorrow morning. So I'm excited for that. Hell yeah, um, for a little New Year's Eve stretch. So. Where are you It'll playing? Be different. Um, I'm playing at a resort called Breathless. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's like just one of the one of the big resorts out there, um, right off of the um, hotel zone strip. Yeah. So 
I'm going to be out there just doing a set for the, you know, New Year's Eve ball drop. And then we kind of turned it just into a vacation, really. And uh, so we'll be uh, networking, chilling, partying, relaxing, the whole thing. So Hell yeah. yeah. Is that where you've played at before already or not? Yep. So I've played there before. Okay. Yeah. I played there once before last year. And then they invited me back for New Year's Eve gotcha. like a while ago. So I was I was letting it marinate for a little bit, you know, um, like, you know, weighing pros and cons. But I feel like we, uh, me and my guys were like, all right. It's, we should probably do it, you know, like change it up. Like I'm young. I don't really have any responsibilities. I kind of want to um, uh, take the risk and do something different for New Year's. So we're, mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. It's going to be a it's going to be a good time. You're single now, too? Yep. Single. Yeah. Okay. No pets. No responsibilities, yeah, yeah. really. So I just DJ all day and meet people and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's a perfect time. What to do better it. time to go? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. No, I mean, you hear, you hear your parents like growing up, they're always like, oh, you're young. Go, go travel. Go do this while you're young. Yep. Like you got nothing else holding you back. I mean, this is the, the perfect time to do it. And then obviously you're able to network. You never know who you're going to meet. Exactly, man. At these places. Well, um, I've already been flooding everyone's DMs and trying to meet every promoter and DJ I can out yep. there. And that's what it's about for me. Like anytime I travel to a, a new city or market, I always like have to like do my best to try to figure out their industry and their scene and who to talk to and who to meet because you'll yeah. never know really what, what doors could open for you. No, I definitely yeah. agree with that. You got to treat it as a business trip. Yeah, you're, it is a business trip. Yeah. I mean, yeah, literally, and 100%. Being able to kind of network, pick other people's brains, um, especially playing somewhere that's going to be completely different, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get the vibe for like, hey, what's being played out here? You're going to pick up on some new music too, I'm sure. Um, see some new different styles and then obviously meet a bunch of different new people. Exactly. So, so yeah, man, I'm excited about it. It's going to yeah. be sick. So yeah. What about coming back from new year's? What do you have lined up here for 2024? <sighs> man. So for 2024, um, well, a lot more like my goal for 24 is to kind of really smash the gas on the artist side of things. So, um, attempt to pull back, um, from the traditional bar club stuff and go more into my own events, ticketed events, concert mm-hmm. style stuff, um, themed parties, ticketed stuff like that, like where we have our own programming and we handle like all the planning from like top to bottom. So I guess kind of in the promoter realm almost, but the big thing is just like travel and like music really. And yeah. uh, those, are the, those are the big two for 2024 for sure. Okay. Yeah. As far as like the events go, I mean, for you, are you still going to be wanting to DJ or then how are you going to do this? As Oh, like- so yeah. So the whole thing is um, I'm absolutely going to still want to be DJing. It's just um, we're going to be creating our own experiences yeah. um, uh, around me and my DJ sets and my team per se um, versus, you know, just a pop up set at uh, a bar here and there. Even if it's locally or not locally, we are uh, trying to really like create experiences and our own um, events around me and my guys as uh, DJs. Yeah, as opposed to just, hey, this bar is this doing bar, this that, Thursday night. Which is cool too. Like, I'm not like completely going to step back from it because like there's so many spots that I love playing at and um, there's still so much value in playing places like that. Um, there's, it's how I came up. It's how mm-hmm. I learned everything I, I knew and stuff like that. And, uh, I still learn every, like a whole bunch doing that, um, week for week. Um, but it's, it's new, so it's going to be, um, a little bit uncomfortable and I'm excited to feel uncomfortable. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, cause I just don't want to be stuck in like a funk here. You know what I mean? It, it's a, you gotta like, just like be uncomfortable to grow and kind of like learn and experience new things. I mean, like I feel that. like that's been something that you've been doing kind of your whole career as a DJ. I feel like you haven't necessarily been a guy that's like just been a DJ. You've always had your hands in as far as 
how the promotion is going to go, putting stuff out there content wise. You've always been one of the DJs that I've appreciated from yeah. that standpoint, where, yeah, yeah. where you, you, you go you. all in on that kind of stuff. Um, you do more than quote unquote just the DJing aspect of yep. it. Yeah, man. Um, I'm like super passionate. And um, to me, I value um, promo and branding just as much as I value DJing mm -hmm. and performing. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I've always wanted to um, think outside the box um, in that area, you know, when it comes to events, even if it's just any other gig. Um, I think that people notice it, people will catch on and appreciate it kind of. And, um, you'll be a little bit more sought after if you do go that route, yeah. you know what I mean? And the challenge is kind of like, um, spreading your wings per se and being, grabbing attention of people outside of your home market. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows like, you know, your home market, you got guys who are good promoters. You got guys who are killer DJs or really good producers or something like that. But, um, I feel like the challenge, um, like going into like the new year is going to be kind of spreading the wings and getting that attention on a more national level. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. And see, you know, where that can go, you know, and that's part of the reason why I'm putting out like original music too. Cause that's like another kind of boss to unlock in the whole puzzle of being a DJ and mm -hmm. making money and stuff like that. Yeah. So. so your first original song cold outside, you just dropped it. What a month that ago. That dropped now? in October, and I just dropped another one in, called Heaven. Okay. Um, so two are officially out, and then I yeah. have a, uh, some collabs with a couple different artists in different cities um, coming out as well in January. So by the time this podcast is out, it should be out yeah. or coming out soon. Um, so that's exciting. And then um, with that comes like some cool travel opportunities. So I'll be out in Panama City Beach, is one of the plans for spring break. Nice. Um, and uh, we and um, hopefully doing something in the south with some frat parties and shit like that. Just throwing some cool frat parties ticketed events um, things like that in like the southern area yeah that's something i'm working on that i'm really excited about these days it's so like it's so goddamn important to just always think about how it's going to benefit your platform and like and your brand i have buddies who have done raffle campaigns and went viral and now they have like 50,000 followers and are touring and shit yeah so you'll never know what you could get from that kind of stuff you know what i mean so it's very like um i try to be really um intentional with like my moves you know yeah. like it's kind of like a game show you have to have a good social game you have to like be very um intentional with who you're bringing in and who you're booking and how it can help you and how you can help them and um how it can look for you in the long long term and stuff like that so yeah i mean how you market and network yourself i feel like has always been very calculated yep um you kind of know what you're going to do as far as rolling out these events whether they're an event at a venue or something that you're putting out like a song for yourself um and staying on top of stuff social media wise and whether it's tiktok or instagram mm -hmm. you're always having videographers bringing merch out like you're obviously wearing the hat right now yep. um got to be branding and, and staying on top of yeah the merch, man it's, so. it's so important you yeah. know and then as far as music you, you said you got new stuff coming out hopefully. new stuff hopefully by the time this podcast is out i should have my collab song with my guy chandler who's an artist out of um, panama city beach okay so how do you link up with these guys man it's all just a lot of times just shit that will just fall on your lap um buddies will be out there partying i connected with this guy because i had a buddy who was out there partying yeah and he met um this chandler guy's manager and then the man and then he's like hey i got a buddy in milwaukee good dj you know he's really hungry he really wants to you know travel or whatever get out of the city collab or whatever and that's it one thing led to another we had a couple meetings and then uh, we did a, the song together and we're gonna roll it out and hopefully lock some cool travel shows maybe some festivals and stuff like that you know or yeah. maybe nothing will come with it and 
in for another five years but you know but at least at least i'm trying you know yeah. what i mean so i mean right now you're just putting everything out as an independent and just completely exactly. independent yeah. yeah like um well i have my like my manager helps me i have a that's a new journey i'm on right now too i have like a manager now for the who, first yeah the, and yeah it's like i've it sounds still weird for me saying it out loud but like um we're very we're very um I don't even know the right word. Like we're cool. It's not like a Hollywood thing. Like uh, we work really closely together. And How'd you find the manager? Is it someone like from Milwaukee? He's one of or? my closest friends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. His name's Cam. And we just honestly just uh, started working on events together. And then all of a sudden we're like, maybe we should try to blow up and we should work with each other. And so whatever. So yeah, we partner on events together. We co-promote events. Um, and like a lot of my events, he just co-promotes them with me and, you know, through yeah. his, through his platform and stuff like that. And that's kind of how it all came together. It wasn't like any, I wasn't even seeking anything out, but, um, it just comes down to sometimes being like, yo, like, let's try this out and mm -hmm. let's see what goes on. So, um, on a local level, um, I'm still, I have not changed what I'm doing on a local level as far as negotiations or anything like that. Um, it's mainly just for getting my, getting outreach, getting myself out of the city and getting, you know, figuring out new creative um you know uh creative plans to you know do do new shit and go yeah. travel and take it as far as we can try to take it yeah kind of so thing, i mean so. these first couple of songs how the, the cold outside did very well so far yeah, so already cold outside, yeah so twenty thousand streams on cold outside which mm -hmm. is which is amazing and because again everything has been blind like this is a whole new journey for me um there's been a lot like 23 has been an awesome like it was a sick year for for me like on a career standpoint and um I'll, but there was a lot of new things like a lot of news a lot of unknowns um we just blindly rolled out our campaign for um the song release and it worked out um i think part of it um, falling on halloween weekend helped as well because gotcha. we, we had these like beastie halloween events lined up the whole weekend and i surrounded all the events around the song release and yep. stuff like that. And we did merch and we did a campaign and we had ad an ad budget around it. And but the it's kind of like, you're like doing a release party on Halloween yeah, weekend for your exactly. own shit. So yeah. we just branded the Halloween party event that we did as a release party yeah. basically. So yeah, just like little, little wins like that, you know? Um, so that's good. And, you know, hopefully we can put that in front of somebody and see where it can take us and uh, go from there. Really. But, How has that helped you at all, like booking wise already, just off of um, the I, artist side of things? I think it helped me get credibility with this these guys in Florida. Okay. Um, again, it's so new, you know, but it definitely helped me get credibility with the Florida guys, I should say, because um, he they going into it, they've already kind of like scoped out my Spotify and my platform and my uh, social media pages and stuff like that. So um, it's just really important to have um, like a really good um, feed, um, something that's like uh, pleasant. To, and for strangers, you know, when yeah. they pull it up, they should be able to know right away who you are and what you yep. do and stuff like that. So, um, I think like combining all those eggs and, you know, in a basket yeah. and making, you know, your brand like super visible to, um, people in different markets is like a good way to, um, to like basically like open new doors and try to like partner and collaborate on projects yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I mean, I've talked about it before, especially as like a DJ's standpoint, uh, in order to kind of break into the, the bigger stages of DJing, you need to be doing more than just DJing. So yes. as far as making your own original music, I mean, that's a huge, huge outlet to get you into festival stages, yep. into bigger nightclubs where people are going to book you and they're going to be like, oh shit, he's got 
a hundred thousand streams on this song. Right. That correlates to all of these people coming out to see you perform a DJ set because they know you from this song. Literally, exactly. Um, and I'm like a marketing nerd too. Like I'm a huge marketing nerd. So it's like it it's like a whole new candy store for me yeah. of marketing because okay. it's like you can take your, let's say you have a successful release and um, you can take that release. You can put ad money behind that release in different markets. You can go and look at um, the like statistics of your release and you can see where it's listened to the most. Mm -hmm. Like um, I, for whatever reason, I have like a bunch of streams in like New York for it. I don't know why, whatever. So I can literally go and, you know, put out an ad campaign, put like a couple hundred bucks behind it just in New York. And then boost up a bunch of New York streams, print out those stats and show it to a promoter at some club in New York and be yep. like, yo, I don't know why, but all these people in New York are really messing with my music right now. Here's my dates. Are you available? Like things like that are, are stuff that I think about, you know? Um, but yeah, it's like a whole new candy store marketing around music. So yeah. I was nervous about it. Like I, I've always been a little bit intimidated about it. Um, but I just decided to just rip off the mandate and at least give it a try. If it flops, it flops. You know, it is what it is. But I mean, so far you're doing pretty good on these first. So first far, two so songs, good. So, so far, so good. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what the role right now? You're you're executive producer for everything. We we plan on hearing you sing on any of these or what? No way. No. -uh, no. <laughs> I used to be a rapper in my cringy days as yeah. a joke. I feel like at least one out of every five DJs used to be a rapper at some point, and unfortunately, I'm one of those five. And I can't. Hey, I just had Rucker on too. Did was he a rapper too? Yeah. He used no. To, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy because I can't figure out how to access that goddamn YouTube channel that has my music videos on them. I can't take them down from the internet. By by this point, I have like at least fifteen friends with it downloaded to their phones. Like it's gone. It's there. And forever. you're trying to get it off the and internet. I, I can't yeah. tell you how much I've been trying to get it off the Google algorithm. And yeah. like I've been trying, I've been mass reporting that video. And just no matter what, it's still up. <laughs> so it's crazy because like my Instagram got hacked last summer, last winter, which sucks. But how did my Instagram get hacked so easily, but I can't just take down my own video? Mm -hmm. Like, that's crazy to you me. You can't remember any of these passwords? Dude, it's, I can't yeah. at all. It was like literally so long ago. Yeah. And it's so cringy. I mean, I wouldn't speak too soon. You get, you got guys like, I feel like chain smokers, like, yeah. they probably weren't expecting to like sing on all these songs. And now you look at. I guess so, man. Nuts. I today I, I hung my hat up. Tomorrow, who knows? I yeah. guess, but we'll yeah, see. I like DJing more. I think I, I think choosing the DJ route has been more successful for me. I like it more anyway. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. You're, <laughs> you're getting on the mic, but it's not to sing. I get on the mic not to sing. I just screech stuff on the mic really at, these, <laughs> at this point. So yeah, that's so. awesome though. I'm I'm happy that uh, you're getting into this original music and uh, yeah, man, starting to put some stuff out and like I said, become a little bit bigger than a DJ. Um, obviously for you, you played some of these other events like you touched on Summerfest. What do you have as far as like goals of where you want to be seeing yourself in 2024, um, in these years to follow? Yeah, man. Um, I, that's like a good question. I like, I, I do ask myself that too. Um, I don't want to be too like uh, narrow on my goals mm -hmm. because I am still so young in my career and, um, I got so much juice left in it. But um, I want to play like the big four cities. Like I want to do Miami, New York, LA, and Chicago. Mm -hmm. Like obviously Chicago with us, you, you, as you know, we're so close to Chicago. It's, um, we are able to access it easier and we were, we're able to play there easier. But I want to be able to like play those, the other three, you know, I, I just feel like it'd be dope to play in, in those cities. And they are cities that I've, I visited. Um, I visited 
both Miami and LA this year. I didn't go to New York this year, but um, I understand it's important to go out to these markets and rub shoulders as well. Um, but yeah, that'd be dope to do that this year. Um, I would like to have one more festival on my under my belt by the summertime. Um, that's just like one. Uh, narrow goal I have I'd, any festival like even like something in Chicago or you know something smaller or even if it's like something like a street fest just something that's um, a little bit unorthodox but a festival setting even if it's like a pop-up festival things like that yeah um, I think that would be amazing um, it'd be great exposure it would be great content um, it'd be good for the press kit and stuff like that um, but uh, yeah and then the other goal the other wider goal would just be to just do do things differently and take more risks Okay. Um, take off uh, more. Um, take off a Friday night and instead just relax and sleep and play video games or work or work on something. You know, make take a content day or um, you know hang out with family and friends or whatever. Like, cause like um, sometimes like I get so caught up in like the daily hustle with it that um, I I can burn myself out mentally and physically um, and stuff like that. It's hard when you're surrounded with drinking, obviously, and all that. Yeah. Um, doing it for like, I've been doing it for a little while now, so I've been getting a little bit better at it. But um, yeah, taking more risks um, just in general is like a wider goal for me. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, as far as like doing these festivals, is there like a specific genre that you like to kind of hone yourself in on as far as a DJ for these festivals? Or are you just yeah. looking to do like anything? Um, Look, honestly, like, at this point, like if I got hit up for like some hip hop festival, like sure I do it. Of course, I'm not going to turn down a bit a festival right now. Um, but like if I had a choice, it would be like an EDM festival. It'd be like mm -hmm. a future house, big room kind of stuff. That's kind of the direction I'm going with my own music. So I kind of want it to fall in that same avenue. Yeah. Um, but again, like I'm just the point I'm at right now. If I got hit hit up for a Latin festival or a hip hop festival or whatever, you know, a tough pop festival, whatever it is, um, I, I would not turn it down. You know what I mean? Just because, like, for the sheer networking and like and like the and the potential that yeah. could come with it. So yeah, because I know as a DJ, obviously you're very much an open format DJ. I've heard you play everything. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't know like you were just kind of touching on where shifting to this this artist side of things. Mm -hmm. If you kind of have to rebrand yourself and take different gigs as a DJ that kind of fit your artist's role. Yep. Um, so I don't know if that was something that you thought about already. Absolutely, if, yeah. man. Like it sucks. Like it, it's crazy because I love open format. Like mm -hmm. if I were to pick a favorite genre to, to play, it would be open format. Like I love playing car college party bars. I can play like Hannah Montana all night. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I am really good at it for whatever reason. I, I, it's just, I enjoy it. I have fun. I can go in and out real quick. Um, but I think there's also important, it's important and there's value in knowing boundaries, knowing your room and, um, knowing your ceilings too. Like you, you know, there's, there's ceilings in these, in different avenues and, um, there's higher ceilings in different places and yeah. it's important to chase it and be consistent, you know? Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I stand in that department. I definitely think as like an EDM DJ specifically, yeah. whether you're doing like a house tech house, big room, anything like that you have more of a higher ceiling than just being 100%. an open format DJ. Like it's very hard to be an open format DJ and get booked at a lot of these festivals. Yep. If you're not having a song to back you or something that went viral on social media where it's like that built up your name. Yep. Um, it's, it's a lot harder to, to be booked for some of these bigger venues, bigger festivals, things like that. Completely agree. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I saw. 
um, you know, this year. And um, I just don't want to hit a ceiling, you know, so you got to continue to pivot and move and nonstop literally every day. So yeah, exactly what I saw. You know, yeah. I can't. I'm, the odds of me getting booked in Vegas at some big nightclub or some big festival or whatever um, are much bigger if I have my own music with some streams and um, data behind it, you know, like or mm -hmm. whatever. So other than just having like a beastie lineup of clubs and bars, that's cool, too. I think that's sick and important. For DJs to have, but um, your likelihood of being booked at like a national on a national level stage goes down. It doesn't go down, but it's like it's limited, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can have all the venues that you want on mm -hmm. on your press kit or on your resume. Yeah, but once you're adding stuff like a oh shit, he's got this song that did really well. He's got another song. He's got this remix that he made for this artist. Yep. Um, that's where venues are like, all right, cool. The value just went up exactly. a lot more. Exactly. Uh, just from just from those few things. So as far as the side of obviously you have to brand yourself as as your DJ now. Yeah. Um, now looking at branding yourself as an artist, you also have another business outside of here. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So then, how do you kind of venture between the avenues of like, all right, cool, this is completely separate from what I'm looking to do as yeah. an artist and as a DJ? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, there, it's really um, interesting, because I, because so my event business um, started completely randomly. It was, again, just like my DJ stuff, it was one of those things where I was sitting on the couch and I'm like, yo, maybe I should buy some speakers and start mm -hmm. doing private events and charging more and whatever. Um, it wasn't until I matured a little bit and grew up that I realized like, it's a, it's a fantastic like side hustle. Um, and I keep it on the side, um, you know, uh, through the event business alone, I'm doing about a hundred events a year, which is a lot of events. Like yeah. it's exhausting, um, you know, uh, and it's a lot of work. And what I do is what I, what I try to do is completely separated from my nightlife brand. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause, um, uh, doing that to me is important because, um, I, again, am looking at it from a macro standpoint. I'm looking at it from like if I was a like a booker in a different city and I see this guy's got like pictures at like a festival, but then like next to that he posts like a wedding. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, you can't do that. Like that's just not how it is. Like you, you don't go to McDonald's and order a taco. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of thing. So I keep them very separate um, and it's all about um, – it just it's it's all about the like the branding. I don't know. I've sat in on I've gone to like these like business seminars and stuff like that where these um, rich dudes would speak and tell you that you don't want to separate your brands. But I feel like the DJ world is its own yeah. beast. Like you're in the show. You're in show. It's show business. You know what I mean? Like the DJ world is is, is it's its own beast. Yes, it's a business, and I love the business behind it. But it's a beast of a business, and show business is very unique. You know what I mean? And um, it's all about perception, and it's all about um, forefront image and branding. And so I separate them. Um, I have a couple of DJs who will book out to do the weddings. I still do weddings, like here and there. Um, if they pay the premium, I charge more for them, right? So if they really want me, like, sure, I'll do a wedding for now. Like, if, it, if I you know, get to a point where I'm touring or doing some kind of big shit or yeah, you're not doing that shit. Then anymore. I'm not doing weddings. Yeah. yeah. Then I'm dropping that. But which is the goal. I mean, you know, like the goal is to like be so busy with traveling and playing cool stuff that I don't even have time or energy to deal with the mm -hmm. weddings. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's what I do. I, I, 
um, we do, you know, weddings, but we also do like a lot of equipment rental gigs where I'll, I'll uh, either do like a white glove setup where I'll set up equipment for DJs and leave and come back later. Um, I do graphic design for venues. I, I, I am definitely like a DJ entrepreneur. So I tackle like all the little bubbles in the DJ world. So it's smart. I mean, having your hands in, in a lot of different yeah. avenues and different pockets is, is, Definitely a good thing because then obviously yeah. you have revenue coming in from a bunch of different streams. Um, I 100% agree with kind of how the optics of running an event versus being the DJ too. Because obviously, I mean, you're not going to put on on your story you right. a recap of you playing at a nightclub and then it's like then playing a bar oh, mitzvah you, the next morning. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> like the people that are following you as as a DJ don't give a shit about. It's not even, don't give a shit. They'll be like, what's going on? Like you lose credibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so trippy because like you lose credibility almost or your credibility doesn't go up. I, at least I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, as the nightclub guy, but like on the other hand of it, these clients will book you for weddings and private events they see your DJ stuff. Mm -hmm. So they book you because of your DJ stuff. But then vice versa, it's not the same thing. Yeah. yeah, And vice versa, it's like completely different. So it's kind of trippy, but whatever. And my whole mentality with it is, um, I'm, I put, um, my, my best foot forward with the event business. And I, I give it, I put a lot of energy into it because I really value it. And I want to make sure I kill it every single time. Um, because it brings, it pays the bills really. Um, I feel like it's opened up a lot of doors for you too of meeting different clients and, and absolutely. networking. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not really sure how you because you're you're DJing for the Brewers now too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that's a great example. So like um, just first of all, just having those assets and like having equipment and having all that all that stuff is is a, is helpful as it is because um, you know the Brewers discovered me all just through Summerfest. Mm-hmm. So that they were at. Um, I, I did a couple of the AmFam. Amp theater, yeah. um, the, uh, no, they had like a, what, what are those called? Like AmFam little pop-up. Yeah. There's like an AmFam pop-up stage. So I did a couple um, gigs with AmFam when obviously that's like the brewers people, right? So like there was brewers reps there. Then they went to go see me at my show. Then they hit me up for after that, which was sick. Um, the couple brewers gigs that I did for last season, I had to bring my gear. I, I took care of them. It was no problem. And I... I, I low-key whacked them too. Like you could charge mm-hmm. them whatever you want to charge. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, for a corporate gig like that too. And yeah. especially when you know that they have money, it's mm-hmm. like, cool, I'm charging even more than I usually would just cause I know that you have money. The, the, the thing about it is that, um, I have way more nightlife gigs than I have private gigs. Like I did, I have a lot more like it, you know, club DJing, as we all know is, is all volume. Right. Um, at least in my market. I mean, I know in, a lot of markets is that way. It's all volume. Like some DJs will stack gigs every day or whatever. So, um, but it's nice to be able to have like, you know, a couple gigs, like two, like two to four gigs in a week at the bar or club, but then also have like a quick private event or two that mm-hmm. week too, you know, and, um, it, it just, the, the money that comes in that it's just extra money that you can put right back into the brand or, um, you know, sometimes the DJ will like, um, will, turn down a gig if it's like a hundred bucks shy of what they're looking for or like, you know, turn down opportunities like that just because of the money. And for me, I do that. I don't do that as much because yeah. I'm not too worried about, about it. Cause I just did like a 
private event earlier the day and just made like two grand doing that. Like, I don't really care what I make at this event tonight. Yeah. You know let's I mean? be a little bit more open to the DJ gigs that you select coming off of that though. I mean, have, has that kind of changed with this artist mindset now where are you being a little bit more selective with these DJ gigs to make sure that the venue that you're playing at or the theme of like the night is yeah, fitting man, toward your brand? That's a really good question. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing for me lately, man. Like, um, I've been a lot more selective. Um, it's just so delicate. You need to be very delicate with, yeah. with it. Um, and, but I have been a lot more selective with my, with my gigs and my bookings, um, lately. So I, um, if it means taking off a Friday night, because I don't really want to play at that venue because mm -hmm. it, it won't necessarily align with my brand, then I'll do that, you know? So, and that comes back to taking risks and stuff like that. And, um, obviously you're taking a hit, you know, but, um, that's one of the big things that I've been kind of doing for the past like few months and yeah. is being is being a little bit more selective with bookings and making sure my bookings are aligning with um my brand and kind of like the values and the way i'm trying to portray it yeah yeah so how do you go about booking for like for when you're playing out of out of city out of the country even like doing this stuff in mexico yeah um are you typically like reaching out to these to these venues and just presenting them with like a resume of, of sorts of just sending over your press kit or how do you typically go about getting these gigs out of city? Yeah, man. So, um, I, yeah, so I have a press kit and then I have a highlight video that I, that I update every quarter. Okay. So every season. So I'll do like a spring highlight reel, a summer highlight reel, whatever demo reel, whatever I call it. And it's literally like a 20 second video, mm -hmm. like story style that I can just keep on a Dropbox folder. Um, I whip it up or I'll have like my video guy whip it up. Um, and that, those are my two things. It's a one sheeter press kit. Um, I used to have like a fucking press kit magazine, bro. So I, I cut that out cause it was just too much. Nobody was reading it. Nobody really cares about any of that stuff. I had like a rider on there with like, I was requesting like water and towels. I'm like, okay, why is this even on here? So like, so I took it all off. I cut it and I just dimmed it down to like a one page, like a one sheeter yeah, one sheet, press yeah. sheet. Yep. Um, with just national level accolades and and that's it like so i i, I don't I, it wasn't anything local so I, I i don't keep anything local on my press sheet and dudes that are like ask me to make them press kits or or if they ask for press kit advice or whatever i always tell them that too i'm like um keep it keep it national like highlight your um highlight brands and stuff that people well everybody can recognize and you know what i mean and if you don't then like highlight like two of your dopest gigs ever you know mm -hmm. what i mean um, cause you know, th there's a point where you might not have enough like stuff to make a press kit or, you know, fill up a press sheet or whatever, but that's what I say. So yeah, that's what I do. I, I do like, I put numbers on it. You know, I, I put, you know, this, I'll put the summer fest, like for the festival stuff with numbers, I'll put ticket sales. Yeah. I have the ticket sale numbers on my press kit, um, stream numbers, press. So I put like any kind of press I do, any podcast, any radio kind of interviews or appearances, um, any kind of write-ups that I get on the, or whatever I, that's all on there. Um, and then celebrity support is a big one too. So yeah. like, I feel like, like just, even if it's, if you're like on like a bill with a celebrity 
and you're like the first DJ to play, you should still put that on your press kit. I think it's important to like have a list of some celebrity support just to gain credibility. And then if you have enough celebrity support, I have mine like listed from like relevant to me now to like not like I had a bunch of rappers on there, but now I have like my EDM guys first because I'm trying to like pivot into Into the EDM world. Gotcha. So that's what I do. And then I send in the highlight reel video Yeah, and that's it. And then I just leave it up to them, you know? And then I, and um, I have like a live mix that I'll send if they want it, if they want mm-hmm. me to send a mix in. So I have like a live mix on a mix cloud. You know what I mean? But just so that way they can hear you as a DJ too. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes they'll ask me for a mix or or whatever. But yeah. that's kind of the way I go about it. Gotcha for that kind of stuff. So yeah, you were talking a little bit about Summerfest before. Uh, yeah, yeah. You had a fun story that you said you wanted to tell. Yeah, me about. I have a really cool. Speaking of being with artists and then connecting yeah. with other artists. So okay, all right festival out here called Summerfest. all right it's a big music festival okay there's like a million people who attend it every year and um the biggest stage there is called the amfam amphitheater right and um i this past year was like a blessing um me and a couple other like uh, dj buddies locally had an opportunity to actually headline a stage at the festival mm-hmm. which was which was sick like brandis did a headlining show moses did a headlining headlining show um a co- like a couple different promo groups did some headlining shows and i got a headlining show and it was super sick um it was amazing it was by far the coolest like you know show experience in my career right um so i it was it was a high i was still riding that high and then i was just chilling and i'm at summerfest again chilling i had like that amphitheater i had a little pop-up set at the festival it was Mm -hmm. like a smaller thing whatever and i'm backstage because i had a buddy um white knight was opening for sean paul and i was just kicking it with him um just backstage while he was prepping chilling um i had my backpack on me still because i had that little pop-up set at noon djing for like three people and um (laughs) and uh just had to throw that in there (laughs) yeah i mean that because it's the story just is so cool because I'm yeah. like, it just like shows you that you got to be in the right place at the right time. Sometimes, um, had my bag on me chilling with white Knight. I was helping him with content. I was just chilling, whatever. Um, and whatever, I get a tap on the shoulder from, uh, my buddy who works at uh, actually cam who I was, who I mentioned earlier. Um, he also works at the festival, whatever he taps my shoulder and he's like, hey, you got to come with me right now. Grab your backpack. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Um, so we pull up. He, I get into this like little cart. And I'm like cart, getting carted up. I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on? So then we go all the way. To, they cart, cart me into the amphitheater. I'm backstage at the AmFam amphitheater, which is like the big stage. Like that's mm-hmm. the, the more people pay tickets to. Like that one's, I think it's like a, there was like 16,000 people there. It was insane. That's like, it was like an arena. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was crazy. Um, so I actually ended up opening for like City Girls, Trippy Red, A Boogie. And I knew about it about 15 minutes before the gig. I was like covered in sweat, still wearing what I was wearing like five hours ago. Like I looked pretty musty too. <laughs> and dude, like it was so, it was completely on the fly. The stage manager terrified me. Like this dude was so intense. The DJ pulled out. Um, the opening DJ just pulled out last minute for whatever reason. And um, so my buddy who's working at Summerfest gets a call from the stage manager and he's like, yo, we need a DJ in like 10 minutes. Like, what can you do for us? So he, I'm standing right in front of him with my bag. And next thing you know, I'm on stage in front of 16,000 people, like playing like opening for like city girls. And yeah. Shit. So that was insane. I mean, it was just, it was just crazy. Um, I didn't wake up that morning with the thinking I was going to do that. 
Um, and I just thought it was a cool story because it's like, you really have no clue what could pop up. Um, you know, I think I even took a gig off that night. Um, I, ca- I called off just to be at Summerfest, just yeah. to try to network. And like, I ended up playing at the amphitheater. So anyway, I just thought that was nuts. I thought that was a really cool story. Um, again, another um, like BG five years ago would have been tearing up at that one too, for real. So <laughs> No, stuff like that is awesome. And it just shows like, as a DJ, just kind of being ready for everything, being yeah. flexible, um, but then also being prepared because obviously every set is going to be different. So something like that, as soon as you, you're like, okay, cool, this is on the bill, this is on the bill, this is on the bill. I'm sure even in that 10 minutes that you had, you were already starting to brainstorm. Oh shit. yeah. I had a, I had a feeling, yeah. I had a feeling where we were going, but I was like, damn. So yeah, it was sick. Yeah. And then you got to start curating your set and then, then play I, it to this crowd. So I, I just, I didn't even, I didn't curate. I completely winged the whole set mm-hmm. and it was good. It was a good set. And, um, trippy red ended up being like an hour late. So, so I literally played for like a whole, I played, I think I played for like an hour and a half. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty sick. I mean, the crowd was getting pissed at me because like, they're like, where the hell is Trippy Red? But yeah. I didn't care. They're like, who the fuck is this <laughs> yeah. guy? <laughs> yeah. No, right? Yeah. They're literally, they're like, who is this guy right now? But I didn't care. It's cool. Yeah. My buddies who were in the crowd were t- sending me videos. And so it was just so sick, man. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those things, man. Like it's one of those like wind days, you know, like you, it's one of those days. It's like, okay, this is, this is definitely like a cool thing. This is like a perk of being a DJ and being in the right place at the right time. So, and you never know what those opportunities are going to turn into. Obviously, Absolutely. You think of some like a cut up where it's like cool he literally yeah yeah and boom bam you're on tour yep so yeah so that's somewhere i mean yeah one of those artists hears you and they're like yeah fuck he's dope let's bring him on with us literally man it was cool i i I met um i got to meet like the the a boogies team and and shit like that so it was just really cool it was a really cool experience so going from playing summer fest yeah now you're going to mexico coming into 2024 do you want to start doing more like show based things where you're going to be able to, to do ticketed events um, as opposed to just like general admission, people coming into a bar um, then just buying drinks, getting your flat rate just off of like your DJ rate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's another um, thing too um, with the whole pivoting and kind of taking time off from the bar stuff um a little bit more time off i just say from the bar from the bar stuff is yeah absolutely we want to be able to do like weekly our events like we want to create our own things at new venues that we can we can start you know either renting the room out and selling our own tickets it's just um that's a hundred percent the route that i'm that we are we're exploring for 2024 for sure um i don't think enough people do it um yeah I, i because like even when I was in Nashville with you, um, Nash or whatever the After Dark people, mm-hmm. um, that was the sickest thing ever. Like I I got his contact. I had a nice conversation with him on the phone, um, just picking his brain because I I think it's so cool what you can pull off um, doing um, entering that kind of um, side of the industry because it's like really rewarding. Um, it's it's a little bit riskier, but um, aside from making way more money, you, it's also just, um, you can get just like, you, your exposure can just explode from something like that. Um, so that that's what we're trying to do and um, align it all with the DJ brand. It's a big part of like, the plan for 2024. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking at maybe doing like a weekly party. We're, we're going to be, we're uh, looking into launching like a weekly kind of disco brunch mimosa party okay. where, where again it's ticketed or we get a, a percentage deal versus like a um, flat rate uh, residency check. And 
I encourage a lot more people to start doing this kind of stuff like all the time. Like, yeah. I got a lot of young guys who like I'll bring in and whatever, like if they want to play, I'll let them play for a little bit. And, um, I, I encourage a lot more people to try to start to try to do it because, um, there's, there's just the ceiling goes way up and, um, it's just, it's, it's way more. And it's really fun too to kind of put in work at your own event, um, versus putting work for somebody else's event. Yeah. You know, or to just feel like you're coming there, like, just to DJ, uh, right. as opposed to like backing it completely with with your name and your promo and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Like, um, I don't know. For me, I, I I get excited to play the venues I play at. I love playing at my flat rate spots. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Yeah. But um, it's more about it's when you throw your own events. You love playing them, but you love the whole event, top to bottom. You know, it's it's your baby. So it's like your creation. It's really rewarding to see that people are having great times trusting you spending money with you on halloween we sold over like 500 tickets throughout Mm -hmm. that whole weekend um which was amazing like and i took a risk you know i turned down several gigs for halloween and decided to just throw uh, my own stuff and we sold over 500 tickets to it and um it was just super dope yeah Uh, so it's cool to it's cool to like um create create new uh new noise in the in the in the mark in your market and um Maybe even take it to new markets. Shit, we might even try to do one in Chicago or spread out around the Midwest or maybe link up with some buddies who I've met just through my travels in different markets, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe try to rent venues out there and do it, use our same ad strategy or whatever um, and do that. Do you so. have your eye on any venues for some of these upcoming events? Um, uh, we are probably about to close on the outsider rooftop Nice for the disco brunch kind of vibe Okay. on a local level. We, we have a, um, a couple venues in mind for a Chicago college party. Yeah. We have this like thing that we do during welcome week, um, called, um, a project X party. Yeah. So the project X parties are lit. They're just a fun welcome week college party. They're super musty and fun. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, like I would love to do like a college tour in September during welcome week, um, across the Midwest or anywhere. Um, I think Chicago is the easiest, which is a blessing. Like, Guys for like from like mid market cities like me like um, sometimes take it don't take it for granted that we're so close to like one of the biggest cities ever in Chicago right yeah. um, but also um, it's really like uh, like having traveled so much in the past year or two um, I'm also realizing that it's so easy to um, network and stuff like that in different markets like because yeah. DJs are low key like so friendly and approachable and um, it's because it's such a niche community. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's sure you got a couple like guys who might not be as friendly as others or whatever. But um, overall, like my experience in different markets has been like super welcoming. And um, uh, so so it's even possible to um, take it, take doing events in different markets, like just through people you meet in, in like that through like just your travel and stuff like that. So do you think of moving to another city is that something that you kind of think about on your agenda in these next couple of years or yeah outgrowing milwaukee um i i love milwaukee to death so, like i love it too much that's the thing so like i um so i don't i wouldn't look at it as outgrowing milwaukee because i do love milwaukee it's a, it's a it's where i built like a foundation and mm-hmm. um i think it's a great city to be a dj honestly um it really it really is if you, you can really grab it and and make a nice career and name for yourself in the city um, with our nightlife scene, but also you know obviously we got the Bucks and there's so much opportunity with the professional sports out here and um, 
all the um, drinking habits that everyone out here has. So um, I definitely have a ton of love for Milwaukee, but um, if, but yeah, there is, I do have moves on my radar, even if it's for a couple years or even a year or something like that, just to try it out. And the obvious one for me would be Chicago because it's so close and I've already have kind of a little network out there. Um, So I feel like it'd be um, definitely feasible for me to at least try it out. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not afraid of, trying something completely out of left field like Arizona or something or LA or even like Fort Lauderdale or something like that. Um, it's just, it's tough for me um, uh, on the personal side. Cause I'm just like a, I'm a family boy, you know, I see my family so much. So mm-hmm. there, there's personal reasons that will keep me home. You know what I mean? But um, the most feasible would be Chicago yeah. for me. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. That's something I just kind of think about where, Obviously, me being in Nashville now and just seeing how different it is in different cities um, from Dude. visiting the different cities and playing in different cities yeah. like like a Chicago uh, and just going and traveling around to other cities, going to Scottsdale, Nashville, everywhere else. Um, I do think that a lot of times there there may be more opportunities in some of these other places. And like you said, I mean, I mean, look at some liking, of the guests you had on your podcast just from living in Nashville. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, and that's it's it's opened up a lot to me, and then obviously just being able to network with thousands of different people every single weekend that are coming there because it's literally just different Dude, people. Every I will say weekend. when Steve and I went to go visit out there, bro, I absolutely loved it. Like yeah. I loved it too much. It, it was amazing. It, but it was just it was so impressive to me. Um, I and it's so. It's interesting because, um, like I said, I had I called um, Nesh, right? Mm-hmm. And I was picking his brain for a little bit about his um, event company and promo company. And he was telling me how he feels like Nashville's behind. I'm like, you think Nashville's behind? Bro. <laughs> like, um, but it is interesting how people who have been in the market for a long time have different views, obviously. But I was really impressed with it. I, I thought it was so cool. Um, it's such a great city to be an open format DJ, for real. Yeah. Like, dude, it blew my mind. It was so clean and all the venues were so nice. And um, there was so much um, diverse. Like, there was, there were, there was, I, I was going to say diversity. I wouldn't say it's that diverse. <laughs> <laughs> but not, I didn't mean diversity. It was just packed. There was so much volume, man. Yeah. And by, I guess by diversity, I meant there was so much, um, there was so many new faces. That's what I meant. Like there's hella new faces coming in. Like every day is a new group of people, you know what I mean? So, um, that was amazing to me. Yeah. I thought it was so cool. So good for you. I'm, I'm really, and I'm happy you're thriving out there. That's so sick. I, yeah. with what you're doing at Barstool and, and the podcast and all that stuff. It's sick. Yeah. It's definitely inspirational for young, for young gun like me, man. Cause we're looking at potential moves and it's, it's a risk. I mean, I don't know. I don't have DJing is like all I know, honestly, but like I haven't mm-hmm. worked a day job in, you know, years. So it's like, I'd probably have to like get a day job or figure out or, you know, maybe just not and just live on savings and go network every night. I don't know. But that's the stuff I think about when like thinking about moving, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a risk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's still so much more that I want to do, obviously, with going back to school. Like, I want to be able to get into more production-based things and, and making my yeah. own music, uh, making originals, making remixes for people, and then on top of that, obviously, DJing. Just because I know, like we've talked about, you have to do that as a DJ. Like, it, you, you just 
you're going to hit a plateau yep. just as an open format DJ, yep. like, unless you, you are doing more. Um, so that's definitely something that I am aiming to do in these, these next couple of years and just get better and better and grow as an individual, as an artist, um, through, through going to school. So, but, uh, I want to hit you with a couple of these, uh, these rapid fire questions here. Let's do it. Um, just some stuff that I had, uh, lined up for you. Something that I like to ask, uh, a lot of the guys on the show here. Um, as far as artists right now, who is your favorite artist to listen to? Oh man, Mike Williams. Really? Yeah, I like him. Um, and then I also like Luke Combs. Okay. <laughs> kind of get all over opposites. the board there. There we go. <laughs> Who's your favorite artist to play while you DJ? Oh, um, oh, I don't know. Um, it's funny because I don't even listen to music that much. Um, but, uh, the, that's a common theme yeah uh, i don't listen brandis to was just on here when i recorded with him and he literally was like dude when i get done he's like i don't listen to music people ask me all the time like what who i listen to mm -hmm. and like i don't listen to freaking music that much but anyway um who do i like to play i like to play um noah kahan yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got a yeah. song with Post Malone. Uh, yeah, dial drunk. drunk. I fucking love that. I song. love Noah Gahan. I'm so happy that yeah. came to my mind. So that's like two country folk guys in a row. But you know what? We're owning it. <laughs> We're owning it. Noah Gahan is the shit. I love yeah. him. I put so many friends on to Noah Gahan. I love it. Um, it's kind of like an inside joke with my friends. Um, I don't know. I like um, any kind of Latin music. I really like um, uh, pop music and stuff like that. Um, I like EDM. Um, I'm really into like uh, like Rufus to Soul and stuff like that. So I'm all over the place, man. Yeah, Noah Kahan is my final answer. If you were to collaborate <laughs> with an artist, um, whether that's now that you're producing stuff and getting getting this executive producer role, if you were to collaborate with another artist, either to have them like sing on a track yeah. or to work with um, as another producer with you, who would you pick? Modest Yahoo. Really? Oh yeah. Dude, Jewish brother, and he's yeah. a, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's just I'm a, like that's a throwback, dude. He's a king, yeah. yeah. He, he's on top of it, man. And um, shout out to Levy, his son. I got to meet his son, which was super cool at Summerfest because he was performing. Okay, um, and and I connected with him. I'm like, dude, huge fan of your pops. You know what I mean? But he's also an artist, though. His son is an artist. He's he's a good kid. Uh, we're we're buddies. We're connected. They live out in New York and stuff like that. I think he's out in Israel right now. Damn. Um, but I would like love to do like an EDM remix of um, like a song with Modest Yahoo. That'd be okay. sweet. Yeah. Wow, that is not the answer that right? I would have been expecting there. That's awesome. Dude, it'd be, it'd be cool. Yeah. If you were able to play any festival, so I know you talked about just kind of wanting to get into any festival. If you were able to play any festival, which one would you pick? Probably, um, probably like, and excuse me, I'm not like a, I'm not a festival guy, like mm -hmm. nerd at all. Um, probably Lollapalooza. Okay. A pro, like a main stage Beastie Lollapalooza set yeah. would really be um, nostalgic and amazing for me because it's one of the few festivals that I've been to and it's so iconic to me because we grew up right by it and mm -hmm. I hear about it every year and I get jealous of the lineup every year. Yeah. Um, so that would be awesome. You kind of wait for that lineup to drop just so you can see it. And it's just like, to see how much better it is than it, yeah. <laughs> that we got here now. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. Anything else you got for me? Anything else you need to shout out promo? Just stay in the loop with, you know, the new music releases and um, all the fun new events, you know, buy some merch, buy some tickets. And, you know, we love you.
<laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time, stopping by. It's good to connect. I know it's been a while. It's good to uh, connect, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave some comments for BG if you got any. Uh, let us know any upcoming guests that you'd like to see on the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us that five-star review. Make sure you're following. Make sure you go follow BG Good on Instagram. I'll throw all his links in the description. Follow myself at DJ Dex MKE. And if you need those DJ mixes, Platform Mix puts out new DJ mixes every Monday. So make sure you go listen to those on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and MixCloud. Till next Wednesday, we are out of here. Peace. Check. Mic check. One, two. Yo, is this thing on or what?